0: You're in that fearful moment. Visualize, vocalize, vote, vicinity. That will get you flowing with positivity to move to where you want to go. Those four Bs took me to victory. Those four Bs can take you to victory. You need to be visualizing where you want to go. You need to vocalize to yourself. You are good enough. You have to vote positively every single day and you have to change who you are around. If you don't like who you are around, change it. A lot of times in life, when things happen, you're fearful or you're no. You gotta count on yourself first, right? People aren't gonna help you unless you want to help
1: yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. I'm super excited you're here today. So I have a great guest. Marcus Ogden is a former NFL player who is now an inspirational keynote speaker. He's the founder and CEO of Ogden Ventures, LLC, a three-time best-selling author whose books include Sleepless Nights, The Success Cycle. Uh, he's a business coach and, and uh, consultant and the host of a top 1% global podcast, Get Authentic with Marquez Ogden. His powerful story of overcoming adversity to rising back to the top as a thought leader has been featured in top publications such as USA Today, Forbes, Cheddar News, and Authority Magazine. He has graced the stages of Fortune 100 and 500 companies and has interviewed iconic guests such as Michael Strahan, Joe Namath, and Willie Parker Jr., and through his speaking, coaching, and podcast, he hopes to continue to make a positive impact on as many people's lives as possible. And he's doing just that. Thank you so much for being here, Marcus. It's good to see you.
0: How are you? Thanks for having me on, my friend.
1: Oh, it's uh, it's it's a pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. And, and you've got an incredible story. I've really been thrilled to dig into y- your story and. And I know there's so many directions we can take this, but I really want to start kind of at the beginning because you, you, um, I know that you grew up in a single parent household and your father was a big influence on you. Can you kind of dive into how it started for you?
0: Yeah, so we grew up in Washington, D.C., Northeast. Uh, our dad raises a single dad. My parents divorced when I was eight. My brother was 14. My brother, Jonathan Ogden, is the Ravens' first draft pick ever, first battle Hall of Famer, 12-year career with the, with the Baltimore Ravens. We had a really great childhood uh, with our dad. I mean, our dad was very successful, uh, did well financially, but unfortunately— When my dad got to be right around his early 40s and I was going into the middle school, high school, he kind of went through all his money uh, in uh, in that regard. And so as a result, he ended up putting himself in a position where he was not able to sustain. And as a result of that, he ended up spending all this money. So when I got to high school for St. John's College High School, Thank goodness my grandmother and my great aunt paid for my high school. And I was able to get a full scholarship to go play for Harvard University and the Bison. And that was amazing. And it was just fantastic. And really what happened from there is education was always first. I wanted to actually go and work on Wall Street uh, as an investment banker, follow my dad's footsteps. But I ended up getting drafted to the National Football League. I'm actually the first and I'm still the only offensive lineman ever drafted from Howard University to the National Football League by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll be actually going this year to the Jaguars 49ers game for the Jaguars Legends weekend. I'm excited to see a bunch of old teammates, great fans, Uh, go back to Duval County and see a lot of great faces. But then from there, you know, I got played at NFL for having a nice almost six-year career. But then after that, I had some really bad struggles. And uh, yeah, life after the NFL for a few months, almost about a year was not really fun
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I, I like how your how your uh, backup career was the NFL after becoming a, a stockbroker on Wall Street that's uh that's impressive so good but uh, it's uh, incredible that you went to the NFL and and I, I I think you know going back to you know knowing what you know now I know you um you know you, you want to kind of get into the challenges you faced after leaving the NFL but is there any advice that you would give anybody that's going into that career you know just starting out?
0: Yeah, if you go into the National Football League, understand it is a business. Now I think they're paying guys. If you make the practice squad, a quarter million dollars a year. If you make the active rosters, we're gonna think it's seven fifty a year. And it's great. And, uh, and now I found out that a good friend of mine, Roman Obin, who played in the NFL, who played for the Giants, uh, the Browns, actually won the Super Bowl with the Bucks under Chucky and uh, Brad Johnson's quarterback. <laughs> uh, he's told me that the NFL now is paying guys for 36 weeks, which I think is great. I think it goes from the start of the season until like April, right before the draft. And I think that's phenomenal because then guys can space out their money, you know, all kind of cool stuff. So in reality, what's really interesting it's that you know if you're going to the National Football League, understand this: it is a business. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is a business, and if you're not going to treat it as a business, you risk you you run the risk of saying, "Oh, it's a it's a game, it's a sport, da da da, it's fun, and it is all that." Yeah. But it's a business, right? How do you make money? How do you build a brand? How do you, you know, I mean, and tell you what, man, if, if you're playing college football, right? If you're, like, I mean, like Deion Sanders and Shador, San, like these guys are wearing, you know, I saw this, you know, I, I saw this on social media. They're wearing like $50,000 Rolex watches on their wrist, right? Because again, because of nil and because of the way it's set up now, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even think about people targeting players in college, targeting because they don't really have what they have, which is really sad but it does make sense. And it's sad that you want to target a kid or try to hurt a kid because they're doing well financially. But that's just, you know, it's a business now. It's a mill. There is money to be made. I mean, I think they said where, I think it's uh, Manning's brothers making more money backing up in Texas than I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make this year or something (laughs) stupid like that, right? So again, the main thing, right, Adam, treat football, college now, and the NFL just for what it is
1: yeah it's a business that's that's a, that's amazing and I, I, it's 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 incredible it blows my mind to think like right as you exit high school and get drafted or uh you get a scholarship to college all of a sudden you're mixed into creating this brand and this this you know and all of this stuff for yourself and you may not know that and i think for for many of us who who haven't been in the nfl and just you know watch it and spectate it there's this there's there's this stigma maybe that exists that oh once you make it you make it you know into the NFL you're you're there you you but but i you know we keep hearing stories about people who have been in the NFL and then you know they have challenges afterwards after they transition can you talk a little bit about that transition period
0: yeah i mean i just saw yesterday where Stetson Benson who was the uh, i'm sorry the quarterback from Georgia Who's now with the Rams, he's not on the Rams roster. Mm-hmm. They didn't get into what it was, but they're they're alleging it is some things off the field. And I saw I read some articles and I hope he's doing okay. And I have grace for him because it's hard. You know, he's a Georgia legend, and then he goes to the NFL and you're having to adjust. And he's a good player, but he's not the legend that he once was at Georgia. So I don't know how he really did, you know, adapting to that. But <laughs> What I'll say is this, right? It's really important that you understand that the transition after the game is real, (laughs) right? And so what you should be doing is getting mentorship. The NFL now has done a great job with having access to the NFL legends and NFL PA, former players association, NFL trust, NFL alumni. Like there's tons of resources out there for guys to go and get. As long as you're willing to take the advice. So if you're listening to this and you're looking to play a sport, football, whatever, and you want to transition after the game, which we all do, I mean, look at look at Tom Brady. If I say, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is down," call Brady. Why would Tom Brady leave a awesome three hundred seventy five million dollar contract to go and, and and go out there and get his head knocked off when it comes to you know playing you know in the, the game? I, I wouldn't, yeah. right? Tom is a smart guy. He's like, man, it's time to move on. So again, if you're going to need to transition anything in life, get mentorship, get guidance, get people that you know that can help you know, push you the right way. Steer you the right way. And that's why I'm really excited for Shador and Shiloh Sanders under Dad Dion. He's played the game at the highest level. You know, He's a defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion. I mean, so he knows what it's going to be like for his sons. You know, the great times, the hard times, the ups, the downs. And so, again, that's why I feel those boys are doing so well, they've got great guidance from their dad. So, if you're listening to this and you want to transition successfully, sports, business, from one career to the next, from from career to retirement, whatever the case may be. Get mentorship, get coaching, get guidance. Yeah.
1: And I, I feel like that's true for anything too. Just, you know, even outside of the NFL, just getting that mentorship and, and guidance. And, and I'm actually excited. I'm really excited to see what the Colorado can deem, can the Tol- Colorado team can do under Dion Sanders' guidance because... You know, it hasn't been great for a long time, so... They got yeah. a
0: big game coming up against Oregon yeah. uh, this weekend. So, first time, I think, in I don't know how long, when they're both 3-0 and heading into a matchup. So, uh, Oregon's ranked 10. I think I saw... Well, Colorado actually dropped from 18 to 19 in the rankings, which is weird, yeah. but whatever. So, but again, I mean, he was unranked and beat 17 TCU. So, I mean, you know, it's not unfathomable for him to go from a 19 and beat a, a, a number 10 rank. I mean, it's not impossible at all. I, honestly, you know, to me, I think the odds are more than their favorite because people are actually going to be doubting them. And Dion and the Colorado Buffalo do really well when they're getting, uh, when they have a lot of doubters.
1: Yeah, 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 Let's, um, yeah, and with and when it comes to the mentorship stuff, I, I know you talked about your father being a big influence on you. What what mentors did you have growing up, or did did you have any going into the, the NFL, and did you get any, have any coming out of the NFL?
0: You know, great question. So I had my strength coach Keith Camaforo, who worked at uh, some big colleges, and we got him my last year. He was a great mentor for me. Uh, after the NFL. I really didn't have a lot of mentorship or guidance because there really wasn't anything set up at that time. Now, mm-hmm. after I lost my construction company and went out of business all by my own mistake, all by my own omissions and errors, I ended up getting mentored by uh, Roman Oban, who has been a family friend, but I hadn't seen him in a while. And then also Andre Collins, who played at Penn State, played for the Washington, now Commanders, and Chicago Bears. And Andre was the one that told me about the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund Program, which allowed me to get some sovereignty, and allowed me to have time to get myself together mm-hmm. after I filed that Chapter 7 bankruptcy, while well, I started the process anyway, in April 2013. So then Andre helped me. And actually, Andre was the one that encouraged me to go to the NAPSA program, National Athletic Professional Success Academy. And that program changed my life. It got me to be much more business savvy. It got me to learn how to use my football knowledge in business. It got me to understand how to be much more of a better speaker, a Mm. better coach, a better consultant. So then Brad Mitchell, who was actually running that program, Brad is my coach and mentor today. So I have a question about speaking or how to charge a price or something like that. I go straight to brad and i get the answers that i need right away
1: man that's so that's so important too i i'm I'm glad you brought all of that up because the idea of community is just so so powerful with with regard to you know when we're when, when we're at a bottom we we know we we realize who's there for us and you know it sounds like you had that team there for you when you hit that you know when you hit your bottom when you had to go through bankruptcy and would you mind kind of touching on that too? Like, I know you had you built a construction career right after you left college. It 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 seemed to go really well for a while, but then, um, but then it it you had to file bankruptcy. Can you can you touch on that a bit?
0: Yeah, I I I, um, I formed the construction company after my NFL career, not my college career. Oh, I'm sorry. I bet yeah. That's, <laughs> I apologize. My message. But No, so I, ended, <laughs> I ended up starting a construction company in downtown Baltimore. It was a site work. Let me go back. It was a small concrete company. Mm-hmm. Started doing concrete work, demo, just small, small stuff. I then, and my partner and I progressed into larger dirt work jobs. Dirt work, sediment and control, hauling, grading, stone, trucking, you name it, dumpsters, big demo, and we built the most successful, most earning, I'm sorry, revenue earning construction company, minority owned in the site work field in Baltimore City and the state of Maryland for two years. And we owned Baltimore as the site work king, because my mentor who had taught me about it, he went out of business. And so when he went out of business, a huge void opened up for us to come in Mm. and really get into the business. And we did very, very well. But I tell people all the time, that if you're not ready to handle success and fulfillment and money, then success, fulfillment, and money will hand you your butt. <laughs> and it handed me my butt in uh, April 2013 when I moved to Raleigh with only $400 to my name after losing wow. my construction company, all the company cars, my personal cars, my personal residence, everything just went huh. gone. So I, I had to start over from the bottom to get where I'm at, you know, you know, in that regard. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's and so. When you and when you say you're not ready to handle success, like if you if you're not ready to handle success, it'll hand you your butt. What uh, can you can you expand on that? You know, as far as yeah, yeah. because
0: here's the thing, right? If you're not humble or appreciative. Or if you don't remember who got you to that point, if you don't remember what it was that got you to that moment or to that level of of fulfillment, success, you know, financial gain, you really are not really paying attention. And that's what happened to me. I didn't really take care of my team. I didn't take care of my people. I didn't take care of people that got me there. You know, I was just very, very, very all about myself. I was all about, you know, the I call them external motivating factors, mm-hmm. things like money, fame, notoriety, you know, women, nightlife, drinking, gang I mean like all the things that meant absolutely zero. I was all about it. Yeah. And because I became all about things that didn't matter, it built in me this toxicity. And that toxicity came into my organization. As a result of that I didn't listen. I created a competitive thing of, like, jealousy, envy, rage, wrath. We call those the personality ethics, right? You have the character ethics, like loyalty, truth, justice, honor. Then you have what's called the personality ethics, rage, wrath, you know, all these things, right? And so, like, for example, right, you know, today, you know, I got into an argument with my girlfriend and... Some things came across, and I realized now that I was wrong because I'm divorced. I got divorced last year. I started the process last year. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard because it was not expected, but I bring this up because I'm now living on the character ethics side. So I made an assumption on something that was wrong, and I was wrong. And I had to tell you know what? I was wrong. You know what I mean? I, I'm sorry. I just, yeah you know, I was impatient. And it's a, it's a sensitive topic, but... I was just impatient, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. The old Marcus, not maybe maybe like three or four years ago, would have said, "Well, why didn't you do this?" It would have just stood my ground, living on the on the personalities ethics side, like you know, rage, wrath, envy, lust. You know, this feeling. Like, well, why didn't you say it? Why are you know saying so? Now, what I try to do in business and in life is live on the character ethics side. Mm-hmm. Am I going to always be right? No. Like I said, I made an assumption today with her that was wrong. But what I try to do, if I make a mistake, own it, fix it, move on. And that's what we do now with our coaching, our podcast. We have an app, the Marcus Ogden app. You can download it on your phone. Uh, I mean, we're, we have it on. You where know, We go on a ton of podcasts like yours, Adam. I shoot podcasts. You we know, have a great partnership with Multi-Format Network out of Chicago. Uh, we interview some great people, all types of people. But my point is, if you're listening to this live on the character ethics side of the street. Hmm. Because you're living on the personality side, it's just a matter of time before you implode. And trust me, trust me, right? It will cost you, Yeah, right? It will cost you.
1: Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important community and mentorship is to living a life of abundance above your fears. If you want to connect with me, here about new offerings, episodes, and strategies to live with conviction, courage, and clarity, then sign up for my newsletter now. It's a way to stay connected to me outside of social media and bring a little empowerment to your inbox and maybe a few dad jokes here and there. Sign up now at adamcliffordhill.com. Now back to the show. I love that idea of the character ethics versus the personality ethics, and how those kind of intertwine. Because that's that's really helpful. And 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 that does that does that play into the idea of our ego? Because I know you have oh, a absolutely. keynote about that. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yo, personality ethics feed your ego to where it gets bigger than the good part of your soul. I have an acronym for huh. ego: exaggerated, glorified opinions. So, like I said. I got divorced last year. I found some things out in, uh, in July of last year, and I was trying to work through them with my ex, and we weren't able to do that. And then I moved into an apartment after you know we in November, so I had to live in the same house from July till November with the person I was filing divorce, you know, filing divorce with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's really, really important, you know, in that regard. And so what happened is when I got into the apartment. I was living on the on the personality ethics side. I hated it. I was very very upset. I was jealous of you know the fact she got to stay there, all this type of stuff. I was just like, what the hell, and this that and the other. And I was just like mad at the world and You know, so i was all about me, like you know. And I was like, God, like you know, what's going on here, right? And so I was, I was stewing my own stuff. So November was tough. Last Christmas holiday was absolutely horrific, right? You talk about, you know, the, you know, the flow of, of fear, like, you know, the flow over fear. Like, I lived in the fear last year. Yeah. I didn't even buy a freaking Christmas tree last December in that apartment because I felt like Freddie Cooper was going to pop out the refrigerator because it was a two-bedroom, fully furnished, dark, dingy apartment. Like, how am I going to be coaching people? How am I going to be doing this now? I'm a fraud. I'm a phony, da-da-da-da. January, I said I've got my mojo back a little bit. I put money down, uh, I put money down on a house, right? And so I was like, yes, this is gonna be awesome. Dah, 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 dah. So what happens, right? I find out from my mortgage company, oh, by the way, Marcus, you gotta pay this much debt down from this organization because or it was the IRS, because when you guys were married, there was debt you need to pay down. So you gotta pay down all this money, or at least half the debt to qualify. So I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, I've got about maybe 50 grand left in cash, right? I owe about 44000 to the IRS. I owe money to my divorce attorney. Oh, by the way, I got to put down more money to get into the house, another 20 grand. Oh, by the way, I got to live life and pay my team while I tap myself to about 10 grand a month, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do here, man? And so I'm just sitting there, and for two days, I'm just like fearful panicking ah. Then I said, okay, things take flow, right? I said, Marcus, let's let some things flow. What do you have? A brand. So I leaned into the brand, to the podcast, to what I was able to do. And I started to do PR for people, create more sponsorships, get more great guests, all these things. Come to find out since from, from, uh, what was that? From uh, January 10th, Until May 15th, I had to spend $150,000 cash, IRS, divorce attorney, paying my people, living life. I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. I was able to take care of everything. I moved into my house May 15th of this year. My goal when I got into that apartment was moving to a house by November 15th of 2023. I beat that by six months. Nice. Our podcast is in the top 1% in the world. Most popular, we're almost in the top half percent, according to Listen Notes. It'll be some great people, iconic people. I'm sitting right now in my home that I bought for me and my daughter. And now I feel flowing with joy. And I'll say one more thing too about fear. When I moved into that apartment, I'll never forget my daughter telling me like the, like the first week she was there, she's like, because my, cause uh, she thought it was an office. She said, daddy, daddy. I'm like, yes, fair. Your office is really small. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know what, what you know how we're gonna be here, but you know, it's just like your office is really, really small. I don't have a lot of space. I don't know. You know I don't really have a lot of friends, but you know, I just want you to know. You know, I don't know how long we're gonna be here, or so short term, but it's just it's like really small. And let me tell you something. If you're listening, think about think about having your daughter who you love who you're having to leave, you have to leave because something that really wasn't planned on. Mm-hmm. And then you have her who's, who's eight saying that to you, mm-hmm. right? Right. How would you feel? The fear just came like, oh my God, like, how am I going to turn this around? Right? So if you're listening, what you got to do, the four things that I did, okay? Visualized, vocalized, voted, vicinity, visualized, I knew where I wanted to go. I just didn't know what it was going to take to get there. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted a house, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know how it was going to be. I I didn't know any of that stuff. I said, okay, I I want a house. So that was the visualization, right? So I visualized. So my mind, so in November of last year, my mind was in my new home. My body caught up in May. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the visualization vocalize you can either tell yourself positive self-talk or negative right you can either do positive you know you know i'm saying you know meditation right which is internal or you could do positive manifestation which is external so that's simple mm-hmm. it's on you right you have to make the call right so i ended up going that route right then voting right Every single day, I did something to cast a positive vote. Shot a podcast, went on a podcast, emailed somebody, did this, did that, did this, did that. Voted every single day. Something in the vicinity. I changed who I was around. Mm. I have two women in my life who are like my sisters. Known one my whole life, one over twenty-five years. I'm forty-two. I would talk to them every day, text, call, whatever. People in my group, clients that were really good people that uh, I got out that toxicity of people I hung around with my ex that wasn't any good for me. And now here I am. So if you're stuck, right? If you're in that fear moment, like I said, just blow over fear. If you're in that fearful moment, visualize, vocalize, vote, vicinity. That will get you flowing with positivity to move. To where you want to go, and like I said, I'm telling you right now. This is my home that I'm in. This is I'm in my dining room table. Every room in my house now has furniture. Wow. Am I done? No, I'm only four months in, but I have my dining room table. I've got my couch. I've got so I mean, every room has something in. And when I lived in that apartment, right, Adam? I didn't own squat. Yeah, I never ever wanted to work. At the apartment, I found every freaking reason to leave that apartment. Every freaking reason. I go to movies all the time, which I love to do, by the way. Uh, Poker all the time, got out, you know, do things in my car. You name it, I was out like a shot. I just hated my surroundings. So again, those four V's took me to victory those four v's can take you to victory.
1: Wow, I love I love that. That I'm so glad you mentioned that cuz you just gave basically a great formula for getting to flow from fear. And and you've also demonstrated with the vulnerability that you just shared that that we, you know, that 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 there's hope beyond that feeling of hopelessness. And I think you've you've learned that repeatedly throughout your house and or throughout your life. Um and with those four v's, visualize, vocalize, voting, vicinity leading to victory um, that's, that's a powerful framework. So what, you know, as far as, you know, what, what ingrained that resilience in you? Because, you know, getting to the NFL coming out, you know, having to, to rebuild a number of different times, what was it that, that reinforced that resilience in you?
0: What reinforced that resilience in me is playing the NFL, you're going to get beat. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you, how good you are. Right. TJ Watt has 81 and a half sacks in five years, which is absolutely crazy to even think about, right? Right. He played in some really good tackles, right? Those guys are going to get beat by TJ Watt, right? My brother, one of the best, if not the best left tackle in National Football League's history, got beat every once in a while by Dwight Freeman, right? Right. So again, Anthony Munoz. I mean, Lawrence Taylor was the juggernaut of his time. Here comes Anthony Munoz, hands him a few losses, right? The, the NFL taught me how to deal with winning and losing. Mm-hmm. And in life, you're going to win, you're going to lose. Right? Like I said, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, it ain't easy. Life is not linear, it's hard. You know what I mean? I just told my girlfriend, look, you know what? I'm not perfect, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you were with everything wrong in this situation. No, I, oh, here we are. Nope. I was the one that assumed it was the same. When well, you assume you make an ass out of yourself, which I did. So, but luckily she loves me enough to want to work through it, just like I love her to want to work through it, right? Mm-hmm. Life is going to be like that. Yeah. I don't care who you are, right? So what football taught me was how to bounce back from fear. Because at the end of the day, everybody's fear, most people I know fear death. Why? Yeah. It's the unknown. It's the unknown, right? But I get it. But here's what I'm thinking about, right? If I sit here all of my life Worrying about death, I won't ever live my life. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? You gotta get going. So say, if you're listening and you don't have a coach, get one because a great coach will make you focus on where you're at, where you want to be, and stop worrying about the unknown. Right. Right. I, and and that was the freaking problem in that apartment. It was the unknown. I had a temporary agreement with my ex, but it wasn't final. So I couldn't, without her signing paperwork, I couldn't buy my home. Without doing that, I didn't really know was it going to be any type of child support or, or any alimony because nothing was finalized. So in that apartment, November, December, January, February, right, right? March, April. And not until early May, when she signed off on the paperwork, was it ever going to be like, what can I do? I don't know. Like, I was literally waiting, because I closed my house May 15th. My ex signed the paperwork for me to buy the house. I think it was on, like, May 6th or 7th. Mm -hmm. I was getting down to the wire. And I had to be, you know, I'm always, and again, I'm not mean to my ex or anything like that, but I had to be super nice right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cordial now. I mean, I don't, I don't hate or anything like that, but, like you know, I had to be super nice. Yeah. Why? I had to agree to things I didn't want to agree to. Why? Because I needed her to sign something. That was the fear in me. So that's why when I lived in that apartment, not only did I hate it where I was, I was in a constant of fear because I didn't know what the hell was going to happen next. Yeah. When I got out of the unknown, and as able to focus on reality, that's when things got better.
1: Hmm. Well, that, that's when things got better. Yeah, and that unknown is a, is it's a powerful force. Just just the idea and and that fear of the unknown. I mean, I I always consider that there's really three primary fears that we deal with. Like the unknown is one of them. The fear of the unknown, overwhelm, and self doubt. And I mean, a lot of that that just plays on itself, so that it it clouds our judgment. It gets us you know into this bad state. And so how, and, and it sounds like you have that formula to kind of rise above that in a way. You visualize, vocalize, voting, vicinity. Is that really the path to kind of rise above that, continue to move forward? Or is there is there something else we should be doing?
0: No, I mean, that's it. You need to be visualizing where you wanna go. You need to vocalize to yourself, you are good enough. You have to vote positively every single day and you have to change who you are around. Mm-hmm. if you don't like who you are around change it right i mean i love my friends now i don't I, it's interesting like i don't really have a lot of people over to the house i mean my favorite, my daughter's here I mean, i've mean, i had friends come over stuff like that you know here or there yeah but like i have friends but i don't really have a lot around this area because i just moved here's a small town but that's okay yeah you know i mean I, I, if you're in my house that means you're special. mean, my daughter's here all the time my girlfriend comes over a lot uh, I've had friends over in the neighborhood who were nice people. I have got to know my neighbors, you know, and I'm the only single person in my development because it's very expensive to live here. Yeah. Now, I want you to listen to this too. A lot of times in life, when things happen, you're fearful of your no, you got to count on yourself first, mm-hmm. right? People aren't going to help you unless you want to help yourself,
1: Amen. right? Amen.
0: A lot of people. But I'm not going to coach you if you're not going to make the investment to help yourself, Mm -hmm. right? I have you on my podcast telling me your authentic story. If you're going to be inauthentic or not vulnerable, and you're going to hide stuff, I'm like, nope, you won't work, right? 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 Again, it's like you know. And again, I go back to my girlfriend. So it's like it's just it's just happened today. I'd rather her tell me how she feels now than wait till later on. Right, I learned something today. We can get through tough conversations, and you know, I, I have to want to be a little bit more patient. Right, right. And I learned that. That now, then say, hey, let's get. I was talking to a guy on my podcast, Robert Owens. You know, he's like, hey, man, you know, I married you. You were amazing. You were awesome. Things were great. Oh, you have a kid who ha- who has special needs, right? Then, then you you don't marry that, oh, I'm drained, I don't know, and then you get divorced, right? Or right. somebody that works a lot, oh, why you working all the time? Well, I mean, I got to pay the bills. Well, you weren't like us when we were dating. Well, yeah, because we were dating. Now it's the real life, right? So, you know, I'd rather know about somebody now mm-hmm. than later. Yeah. So, again, if you're listening don't be afraid to have the tough conversations because if you don't have tough conversations and work towards conflict resolvement, then when you get into having conflict later on. if like you're married or you're in business with somebody or you have a partnership, you don't know how to deal with it. Then, oh man, then it's hard to do what? Dissolve it. It's hard to do what? Move diet. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I learned that myself. Like I need to learn how to be better, more patient, and how to actually learn how to communicate with her in a way which will make her feel better. And again, that's how it is in outside of my clients that that's how it is in business. That's how it is in life. Yeah. It's the same thing.
1: Man, that's so that's so relatable because I mean, the sooner you can be authentic, the sooner you can develop those authentic relationships. Um, and that that's powerful. And 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 so I and and that kind of gets to the idea of what 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 was it that brought you to this place where you want to help people, where you want to speak to people and you want to want to help them become their best?
0: I was tired of living a life of failure and not helping others learn from my failures to avoid catastrophic failure. Yeah. Will I prevent everybody from being from failing? No. Right? Can I prevent every catastrophic failure? No. But I'm gonna do the best I can, help whomever I can. Minimize mistakes. That's what it's all about. If I can help you minimize mistakes, then we're on the same road to to success. So I got into this business to help others learn from my failures, so they can succeed in their own path, their own journey,
1: their own life. Mm -hmm. Wow. So and and you do that through speaking a lot of keynotes. You're speaking with businesses and things like that. Who are your who are the primary people that you're looking for or, or the that should be looking for you, should I say?
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's I mean, <laughs> people say you should be, you should be more specific, but with my coaching, because I've been through so many things, sports, business, life, mindset, uh, uh, transition, adjustment, speaking, coaching, podcasting. You know, if you want to be a speaker or a coach or a consultant or start a starter podcast, we're actually about to launch a three-month Cohort program on how to do branding, get on bigger speaking stages, and how to monetize a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll tell this people right now without the podcast, the sponsorships, the PR we bought, the house that I'm living in would never be so.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Never be so. Podcast sponsorships and PR combined. Equate to about 60% of our top line revenue this, this so far this year.
1: 60. That's incredible. That's incredible.
0: And that and so people want to learn how to monetize. We're gonna do that in the course. I do that in my one-on-one coaching, right? How to monetize your podcast. So again, anybody that wants to uh, work in those areas can contact us.
1: That's great. Well, I know I know we're running short on time here, and I wanna be respectful of your your uh um uh, your next appointment. And and I, but I also and I also wanna share where people can find you. you, you're a coach, you're speaking, you have this amazing uh, podcast uh, and that's that's doing incredibly well. Uh, how, how would you like people to find you and get in touch with you?
0: Great question. They can go to our app, which is M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, then Ogden, O-G-D-E-N. You have an Apple phone, Android, Google's so go to your app store, type my name in, bam, it'll pop up. You can also go to Marcus, 360.com that's our link you can go to our website testimonials podcasts you name it you can also go to our website www.marcusogden.com or shoot me an email marcus at marcusogden.com
1: that's incredible and um and yeah the website is so chock full of value and i was just going through all your videos and everything you have so much great content on there I, I mean, I love your authenticity. Your story is incredible. And I really encourage people to reach out, follow at the very least, Marcus, if, if, and if you can um, and if you can reach out to him for coaching, speaking or anything like that, please do so. Um, and Marcus, it's been a real pleasure. I'm really grateful that you were here with us today to share your value and your story. Thank you for being here.
0: Thanks for having me on my friend.
1: I appreciate it. All right, well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everyone for joining and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do. And I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.